1: UMFM. This is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Ells and kicking things off tonight, the Ghost Funk Orchestra out of Minneapolis on Coal Mine uh, with Queen Bee, a new single that just dropped in my inbox this week. And uh, speaking of things dropping in my inbox this morning, the Zola's. Dropped off a new track called I Feel the Transition. There is a lyric video for it on YouTube. And uh, this is their response to centrists in an era of change, as they put it. Uh, So we're going to play I Feel the Transition. And then uh, coming up right after that, the Mommy Heads. I talked to Adam Elk earlier this week about their new album, New Kings of Pop. We played uh, Greta Thunberg uh, a couple weeks ago here on the show. Uh, And then coming up after the Mommy Heads, I talked to Rami Mays about curbside concerts and how you can get your hands on some free beer. Uh, Stick around here on 101.5 UMFM. Well, uh, The Mommy Head's back with New Kings of Pop. Adam Elk joins me by Zoom to discuss it. How's it going, Adam?
2: It's going pretty good. Been um, another guy in the suburbs in his basement.
1: <laughs> well, that's every person right now, right? With the uh, <laughs> social distancing and working from home. Um, so the, the album's been out for a little bit. In terms of reception so far, I'm very curious if there's been a word or a description about the album that has like taken you off guard or like, you know, someone's heard something in this record that you maybe didn't anticipate.
2: You know, we've, 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 because we've never had a major success or a major single or a hit back in the nineties, we're free to do whatever we want. So we never take anyone off guard. They expect, they expect, uh, (laughs) they expect the unexpected with us. We're just free to do it, whatever. And, this record is kind of like a weird uh it goes pop and it goes completely prog. So I think we're uh we're never in one zone. We bounce around. We're like molecules in a fission test. In a pop prog fission test, just bouncing around. So
1: I was listening to your interview on uh, the obvious podcast. And
2: Oh, I love that. Oh, he's great. Uh
1: getting into prog as, as a result of your bandmate and the fact that like you kind of came at this music from from a pop angle and had to kind of embrace Prague.
2: well that's the thing about a band which is i love i love bands and now it's harder than ever to start a band if you're you know 17 but like i was which is a shame because you you have all these members and they have hidden desires that they don't tell you immediately (laughs) and like our drummer was a complete genesis freak but kind of kept it to himself because he knew i was such a pop guy and um, we went, we, we did our first tour in Scandinavia and everyone there said, you, you know, you're Prague, right? And we, I was like, no, I, I didn't know that. Well, we're here to tell you that you're really a Prague band. And so I started to listen to Dan the drummer more and I listened to early Genesis, which I didn't really know. <laughs> and this is like eight years ago, 10 years ago and loved it. And so... Lo and behold, it's like uncovering a Rosetta Stone personally. Like you just, fu- you, you you realize, oh, this, it's still, p- Genesis was still pop. So was Yes. They were just great musicians and couldn't help themselves and, and had to play a lot of notes. But so we kind of realized we were a prog band 25 years later.
1: <laughs> so With the prog thing back in the day, is that a case of like not having someone who kind of shared prog with you when you were kind of in your formative years or like, had you heard something that you're just like, no, this is like too wanky for me or like, like
2: I guess I heard, I thought it was too wanky. And I just, I I was a big XTC fan. I love pop songs, obviously the Beatles and the kinks got, you know, one of the best writers of all time. And, um, I you know I like I really liked getting in and out and saying it. I didn't like solos forever, and I don't necessarily like when they go on for ten minutes with a solo. But I do love when they take pop elements and they just stretch the hell out of it until it's almost blown to bits, and then come back. And so it really it, it stretches your ear more. And I also like the fact that the fans of Prague are, are they're very uh, discerning and they're not just, you know, no one who's into Prague, no one listens to Prague when they're picking up anyone at a bar. Like it's a very discerning thing and you're there for a reason. Whereas like other kinds of music, it's kind of like, that's cute, you know? And I'm definitely not in the that's cute world. Neither is the rest of the band. So we, we definitely love the fact that they're lifers. The fans are just so rabid about it and we get it. It's mostly musicians. You feel like when you listen to Prague, you're in a comic store and you're, you know, there's other, everyone there is like, yeah, man, Daredevil four, you know, did you see what happened? I mean, it's just very serious and I, I just love it, you know, and, and, and the music's great, but there's definitely a mystique to the whole personality of it. Um, you know, when it gets too numbery, like, you know, I'm doing seven, I'm doing nine, I'm doing 12. I'm like, I, I get a little lost.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I have to imagine like coming at it from like the pop angle and like, especially like XTC or the Beatles, like concision is kind of like at the root, like in and out. Here's the idea and we bang it out and and that's the song, right? And uh, very often it's not like a fade away, it's like a hard out.
2: Oh yeah, it's an angry hard out. (laughs) And
1: and so Prague flies in the face of that in some way.
2: It does. If it's good, it holds your attention. You know, here's another thing. Most music that I truly love and most relationships I have that I really are long-term, we hated each other. There's there was like a repelling at the beginning. Most of my best friends hated me, you know, and I hated them and now we're friends for 30 years. And so if I love something immediately, I almost can't trust it. And that's most pop music that comes out. I mean, there's always a hook. Oh, that's really good. But prog music, it takes a while to beat through. And there's a reason, it pushes you back on purpose. It says, this is this is like a war and peace situation. You know, you got to really want to get into this. And once you get into it, you're you're a lifer. And so if somehow, and this is the Mommy Heads thing, if we can take the pop immediacy and, and the ending and the sort of get in, get out, but also make it a little hard for you to, to you know, it's not so easy. It's not candy coated, but it's a little deeper. The lyrics a little deeper. The melodies are, you've never heard these melodies before. The rhythms kind of change. Then I kind of it's it strikes a balance between the two, which I like. It's sort of like you you're once you get into this, you're a lifer, but it's also very sort of immediate at the same time. There's a delicate balance. I know it sort of seems like opposites, but that's the that sweet spot in the middle is where I I love our music to be.
1: So achieving that balance, then, like what what goes into that? Like, is that like a discussion with your bandmates, or like are you like when you're writing something, are you kind of like revising and revising until you kind of find that that bridge between the two parts?
2: I think one of the natural organic ways to get that to happen is for the band to like the song. So I'll bring something in and it seems so simple. And then the drummer, who's a prog guy, if he likes it, he'll play on it. If he doesn't like it, nah, let's move on. And if he does like it, he'll do something that I never thought of. Ever. He'll just turn it it around. He'll do it halftime. Our keyboardist Michael is classically trained. He does not listen to pop music. Never has. So when he likes it that means that it's it 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 breaks down the confines for him and it's almost classical and it has like a melodic approach that he understands and a harmonic approach that he can get into the bass player Jason grew up like I did with Kiss and Iron Maiden and number, you know, being wanting to be interested by melody, which is bass and the number aspect, like it shouldn't be so boring. He doesn't want to go. He wants to do something melodic and weaving. When the band agrees on a piece of music, it organically becomes this sweet spot between complicated, pushes you back as listener and immediate. And so for me, it doesn't have to be a thought out, self-conscious decision. It's a it's the process of what a band brings. And when you listen to the great bands, and I'm always jealous, whether it's Flaming Lips, if you like them or not, The Beatles, Phoenix, whoever it is, you feel the tension and you feel the agreement between guys going, we approve this music and we want to delve in and invest in it. And so to me, that's it, you know. So that's the sonics. Then how do you marry that with the lyrics? Like what... Well, that's a that's a tough one because if you're singing about something that nobody agrees with in the band, let's say you're a staunch supporter of something, <laughs> you know, then it gets a little tricky. And I'm always since I'm the main lyricist, I try to keep stuff not too specific where they're like, ooh, you know. And I try to keep it general enough. We where three people in a room would disagree about what it means. You know, they'd all say, Oh, it's about this, it's about that. But I also definitely needed to feel Like, I am speaking from my heart, I'm speaking from experience, this is real. So there's a delicate balance in terms of being too literal and being too conceptual. And again, I I don't want to, it's the same as the music. There's a place in the middle where we can all go, yeah, we'll just, we'll play behind those lyrics. We'll support those lyrics and give our all. And we won't question the fact that we think it's about something we disagree with, but it feels poetic enough. And that's poetic license to me, you know.
1: Right. Uh, you know, when I was asking earlier about like, if there's a word or kind of a, a take on the record that you, you had been surprised by, like for me, the word that captures this record is rye. Interesting. Uh, you know, like lyrically, like sonically, yeah. I don't think it's a, a rye record. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but I, th- I think there's a wryness to the lyrics on, on a lot of the tracks. It's not necessarily like hopeless. Uh, it's not overly earnest, but it's just like, guarded and and a little bit that's like
2: that's such not an american word rye it's it's amazing
1: right and, know, and i'm not meaning like whiskey rye but i mean no no i know <laughs> i
2: know it's like a word you never hear in this country um yeah i you know lyrically for me i i i don't want to point fingers because i think you're born innocent and if you're born innocent and you become this a monster or an angel that's up to you and your experiences so I try to look at the fact that even the people I hate the most and I don't hate a lot of people, but I'm just like, oh, I'd never want to be in a room with that person. I try to keep in mind that they were born innocent. And with that in mind, I try not to point fingers, which also makes you it, it, it gives this feeling of like, well, you're, are you committal? You know, are you, jade, are you coming from a jaded angle? You know, have you lived too much and there's no excitement? It, it's a fine line. Um, rye would be an interesting word. Again, I have no perspective. You know, I'm just grasping at straws, straws lyrically. Um, but that's a definitely interesting word. I'm I'm gonna have to think about that one. Sure.
1: Enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you you said you know, like you you leave some ambiguity in the lyrics so that everyone in the band can kind of like get on board or at least not get off board. Uh, but you've got a, a song about Greta Thunberg.
2: That's the keyboardist. One. He's more he's more in your face. He'll OK, I was going to say yeah. there's
1: some there's some in your face on a couple. We're
2: opposite lyrically. He he writes a song. He just wrote a song called Trudeau. He lived in Canada and married a Canadian. Um, The last song he wrote was called Trudeau um, I and it'll be on the maybe be on the next record. And it's really funny, but he he will he will title the song and every lyric will be about that. T- he's like, this is it? No ambiguity. And so we're opposites. Sorry to jump the gun on that. Uh, yeah,
1: no, no. I, uh, th- I just was curious about kind of like how that in, like, kind of coalesces when you've got a couple like very glaringly obvious and, and literal type songs versus these kind of ambiguous and, and kind of, uh, is, I mean, is that's I the mommy heads right? in a nutshell in some sense.
2: This is why I love being in a band. There's polarity. There's a North Pole and a South Pole. It's like, um, you know, I'll end a song. You're like, what the hell is that about? And his he- song is illiteral. Like, this is it. And what's great about the song is someone's got to re- sing about her, and it's, it's us. And the other thing also is we're, we have a fan base in Scandinavia, and every time we go, we really get absorbed, which is fun. You know, you get absorbed in the culture, and you have conversations about, instead of just reading, oh, I heard about this, they go, no, this is what's happening. And she is pretty, it's pretty amazing what happened. She sat in front of their parliament, skipped school. They'd snapped some pictures. She said, I'm, you know, change needs to happen. And she's a kid, she's smart and she's our future. And she very well could win the Nobel Peace Prize. You know, it's and uh, it's amazing. You know, I said some to someone else, we gave the world Shirley Temple and they're giving us Greta, you know, it's a it's an amazing thing. So to celebrate someone when she speaks has no skeletons in the closet, you know, no history, didn't switch sides politically, pure and simple. Speaking from the gut about the world, we, we listen and it's a real movement, you know, and, you know, Gandhi had that sort of innocence about him, too. I mean, he was a lawyer, but he 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 definitely turned a corner where it was just pure. I'm speaking from my heart and you must listen. And so celebrating it was we felt like we got to get behind the song and he may he actually made, uh, put together a video, which is a bit riveting. It's on our, it's on our YouTube page.
1: Um, you you mentioned Scandinavia uh, in the obvious podcast. You were talking about how like about a ten years after the, the first "Mommy Has" record came out, so weird. You got this call like, "Hey, why aren't you guys touring?" And you're like, "Well, we broke up like a decade ago." Um, that's like it totally makes sense. You know that like when you listen to some of the bands that come out of like Stockholm and and places like, like Radio Department and bands like that, that you guys fit within
2: that kind of. Sonic stew that they're really big into cooking over there it's weird um you know that that you know as a band you're always pushing as an artist you're always pushing the world doesn't need you as an artist you're just another voice right and you're always going come to my show listen to my record sending people links for the first time in our career we were actually being asked to uh wh- like why aren't you together you know which was so weird it's such a weird feeling that that pull was finally there. And so we actually kind of got back together for Scandinavia, not knowing what to expect. You know, the US was kind of, eh, you know, the mommy heads, whatever, you know, another band. And we get there and it made total sense. They, they really have a reverent approach to music, meaning, and they have a very strict filter system. There is like, when you meet these people that kind of control the media, and when I say control, you know, every station has a top DJ, every press, uh, you know, area has a top press guy. They all kind of agreed on us, and when I I say filter, they kind of were okay about, yes, but love Genesis, and they were kind of okay about uh, this band, but love that band. When they loved a band and they all agreed about it, you were invited in, and it's a semi-socialist approach that just happened organically, and when we got there, the bands really made sense. You know, look at um, Tambourine Studios in Malmo and all the acts that they worked with, which was the Cardigans. I mean... Perfect for us. Another band is called Eggstone, which we were supposed to play with. We could have, we like, we literally sound like we we should have played together in the in the '80s and as a double bill and just toured. Um, and then you had the helicopters and the hives and all these bands, and it was a perfect match and it made sense. And when you get there, you realize that they we don't really take our art that seriously in the United States. We we like to pump it out and we want you to buy it. It's a commerce situation. As long as we pump it out and you buy it, we're happy because it supports our system and everybody's copacetic and fine. But in Sweden, they're not so much about pumping and buying unless you're Max Martin. There's, a, there's an art to the creation of it, which actually Max Martin would agree to, that the creation of it is so awesome that that's what keeps him doing it. But there's also a reverence and a sort of a museum curation approach to listening to it. Like, our label only makes, in Sweden, we have a label, they only make LPs, that's it. And they're gorgeous. And they don't even bother, like digital is kind of boring to them. And when we go to a show, we actually sign autographs. These guys line up, they buy the record, we sign it, they discuss it, they asked us who made the artwork. Like, it's a real reverent approach. And almost like, um, it, it's like, I can't explain it. It's really deep. Um, but America kind of goes eh, you know, send me your link and then they don't even listen to it you know it's like it's just it's kind of maybe we're too we're too based on economy and not so much on art here you know
1: and maybe like kind of ties into like a disposability
2: culture totally totally just to add to that I'll see guys like we were at a practice space everybody brought their lunch from home had a, a container that looked like they'd washed it a thousand times and, and I, we just come from America where everything is just throw it out, plastic, whatever, you know. And I'm always like, please, I just want, I want a thermos. Like back when I was growing up, everyone had a thermos and a metal lunchbox. And in Sweden, the metal lunchbox, the thermos, everything gets, you know, it's a very, very reused car. Co- also their cars, they drive the same cars from 20 years ago because they're well made. And and here we did the lease program. So every three years, you know, three, X amount of miles, you bring it in, you get a new piece of junk, you know. But because it's new, we were into it. And this is, it just drives me nuts. I want a good car that I can drive for 10 years. And so I think because of taxes and the way they structured it over there, and maybe the same with Canada, it's not so disposable. And the same with art. And so we just fit right in, you know. We're like, hey, we're a 30-year-old band. Don't throw us out.
1: <laughs> well, and you stumbled upon, I mean, like maybe, you know, within the culture that you were making things, that first record was an anomalous or just like didn't, didn't hit within America, but because of what it was and what it stood for, it resonated with a, with a culture that looks at music differently.
2: You know what, as an artist, you never know what you're doing. You're, you're in a vacuum all the time. You're always just, you feel like you got to make something. The best thing you could do is just spit it out there and see what happens. And it took us, I think, uh, 15 years to or 10 years to get to the Geffen record, and it just went out into the world. And People will react and they will go, yeah, that was my favorite record of that year. And you made it, (laughs) you know, and you're like, whoa, cool. And you never know what they do. That person could go on to run a magazine and all of a sudden you're in demand in like, you know, the Netherlands. But this is just the plight of the artist. You have to just spit it out. If you hold it in, you're depriving someone of their favorite record of that year, you know. And the concept is bananas, but it's... It's, it's a, I think it's cool, and I think it's one of the reasons why this is so mandatory, you know, as an artist. Don't be afraid to, to just do it. And it always breaks my heart when I meet such a talented musician that can't do that, that doesn't sell themselves or, or speak up. Um, it's a real bummer, you know. And I sometimes have to get on the horn and go, this person's so good, and I buy CDs and I send them to people, you know.
1: You start proselytizing for them?
2: I have to, you know. They're, it's just got to be out there so
1: right on is there a an artist that's comes to mind while you're where, you're where you're discussing this that you should proselytize for right now you
2: know i've I'm, I'm a i'm a big fan of this guy from virginia whose name is chris merritt it's the most boring spelling name chris merritt and he's another blonde kid from virginia but he's such a great pop he's just like he's a natural pop writer and um i've you know it's been 10 years since i first heard him our keyboardist found him and if you if you listen to it, it's just immediate, you know. It's very poppy, but very weird. And and he doesn't, nothing is in a 4-4 time signature. It just goes all over the place. It's like it's like Swedish death metal numbers, but pop. But it's just effortlessly, it's like Genesis, like 80s, where they would do 11, you know, and you didn't know. So I, I would say Chris Merritt is definitely um, an unknown pop hero.
1: Well, speaking of poppy, but weird, I'm going to get you to pick a track off of New Kings of Pop that we can play for folks. And if you have a reason why you're picking that song in particular or an anecdote about the song, I'd love to hear that.
2: I, You know, I would pick the the title song, New Kings of Pop. It's track four, and uh, it came about because when I had kids, I we lived, moved to the suburbs. I bought a minivan, and I was in my Honda Odyssey, a sippy cup in one hand, two screaming kids. I pulled to a traffic light, and I looked to the left, and there was another dad with kind of longish hair, Frazzled with a sippy cup and two kids and we looked at each other and it was just that look, you know, like, oh, what have we done? You know, and to me, the song is about, uh, you know, we're always we always want to create this sort of pop hero that can do it all. You know, if Prince is no longer here, we have to make a new one. And what if there was a throne? Is somewhere of the ultimate pop, Michael Jackson, whoever it is, Paul McCartney, but the real, you know, the only person that could claim the Excalibur to that pop throne is some dude in a minivan <laughs> who's given it up to have a family and, um, and is fine with it, but the world is deprived and, you know, he's a little overweight, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, Gaffigan or something. And he's just in this minivan going, I, I could easily, you know, have that position, you know. Um, and so that was my little dreamscape, and I just wrote that song and and really put the Queen vocals on to accentuate that this guy could do it, you know. Um, so that would be my my pick.
1: Sure enough. Uh, well, Adam, thanks very much for taking some time to talk, and uh, congratulations on the on the record, and uh, and and again, uh, I really appreciate uh, your time.
2: Thanks for having me, and we've been to Winnipeg, St. Andrews Hotel or something. You you you
1: toured with the Odds, right? It was that. The...
2: Yeah, St. Andrews Hotel, like '95. <laughs> Dead of winter.
1: <laughs> That's the perfect time to visit Winnipeg.
2: <laughs> but I appreciate your time. Oh my God, it was freezing. Um, I appreciate your time, and I just want to say that we we do this for ourselves, but we also keep doing this for guys like you that obviously love music, your lifers, and you're you're exactly who we want to talk to, and who we want to get our music to. So I I we really appreciate this.
1: Well, I I bought that Geffen record in '98. So uh, oh my God.
2: I was working in a record store at like age
1: 18. So this was like the sweet spot for me. So
2: you and my mom. Cool. (laughs) Wonderful.
1: (laughs) Take care. All
2: right. Thanks. Citizens of the
3: world are getting so frustrated. They know that golden throne has long been abdicated. They cried a thousand tears as they wandered off to bed. They felt it in the air They knew the king was dead How can a middle-aged man With slightly thinning hair Rock in a minivan With melodies to spare Who never had a taste For the adoring crowd Who never did desire To sing his song? out loud. Two actors now We can't rely on love Our hearts are still broken Since the one true band broke up As soon as they play out They shake loose from the grips That's That familiar feeling The suburban deep eclipse They set up their PA In another roadside bar Around the hat until they come back in the car. Will they ever have a chance at a real shot?
1: level orange but that does not mean that you can't see live music and joining us to explain why that is Rami May is our old friend and recurrent guest here on thank god it's free range welcome back to the show Rami
0: hey Michael good to be here thanks for having me
1: so uh curbside concerts I mean the, the yeah. name kind of suggests exactly what it is but uh, <laughs> you can tell me how you got uh hooked up with this idea and and how it's playing out in in current situations
0: Sure yeah it's actually brilliant i'm i'm surprised none of us thought of this before i mean there was the obvious uh, house concerts where people would pay a ticket and they would go into a home and so being having music in a you know at a residence isn't completely foreign but because of covid my friend matt masters who's like a great entrepreneur musician in alberta just sort of realizing you know well no one can go see live music and musicians aren't working so let's put one and one together and make two you know and uh and it just seemed to make perfect sense he started this con this curbside concerts canada originally it was just curbside concerts and he had alberta musicians traveling um at the, be- at the very beginning actually they would just be on their vehicles with like a sort of a a little mock stage on their vehicles, but with a battery powered speaker, and you just pull up right to the, to the the home or the building or the business, and you play a set and, uh, and it costs x amount of money, and people would do it and It was going really well, and it went so big for him in Alberta that he was getting overwhelmed he had to hire staff and then in June, he called me and asked me if I was interested in starting it in Manitoba. So, of course, I just loved the idea, and I took it on. And so now I'm a producer for curbside concerts in Manitoba, and it's just been amazing. It's, it's going super well. But now we do, you know, depending on um, as long as everyone can social distance. I mean, we're, we're sort of the, the ones that stay on top of what's happening with COVID, so safety first on our end. And, uh, yeah, we just show up uh, with the battery-powered speaker anywhere on their property that's socially safe distance. A boulevard makes a great stage. A yard does as well as long as we're X amount of feet from everybody else and they're practicing social distancing and we end up uh, getting these great, great, I did a lot of rural Manitoba as well. So that's, you know, bringing music to people who wouldn't have probably even be able to see it regardless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, and it's just been an amazing opportunity and for musicians and for live music lovers, it's been nothing but great. Everything's positive.
1: You mentioned the rural audiences. I mean, that was definitely one of the things I found being at home with my kids over the summer was I was seeing parts of Manitoba I'd never seen just because we were looking to do something to get out and, and be away totally. from people, uh, in terms of like people inviting you out to do these curbside concerts, was it kind of the, like the, like inverse of that, where they were like, "What what what can we do? What what opportunities are there for us? Like how did how did these people kind of find curbside concerts?"
0: I think because um, I, we worked really hard on promotions and press right when I started doing it in Manitoba and especially out of Winnipeg. And people started questioning, can we do this in Steinbach? Can we do this in Enola? Can we do this in you know, And people started asking these questions. So we realized that that was a demand. So we started promoting that as well, making sure people realized that we'd be happy to travel to rural communities to do so. Which is also really wonderful for us because like you said, during COVID, that was a lot of my pastime became... taking drives into rural Manitoba and checking cool things out that I'd never seen or that I'd seen, but wanted to see more. And, uh, and so it was, it's been a great opportunity because we get to, we get this live music delivered to them, but we get to go see these beautiful places in rural Manitoba, you know, on the LaSalle river, for example, or, you know, or wherever these, these homes are and these beautiful acreages that we just wouldn't have seen and wouldn't have partaken in before.
1: Right. Now you're, you're the producer for Curbside Concerts Manitoba, but you've done some performances yourself. I know I've seen on your Instagram and, and you know, on your right. social media, so some of these things. What was like kind of your highlight performance so far of the, of the curbsides?
0: Yeah, I it's at first I wasn't going to be on the roster. I really just thought thought it would be best if I just wore the producer hat and employed other musicians and organized it all. But I was really encouraged by Matt and the rest of the staff uh, to be on the roster. Um, I think they really felt that I'd be an asset to the roster. And I actually am really glad I said, yeah, I've just, I've loved it. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite because there have been, it's really, it's really blowing my mind. Like it's almost emotional. Some of the experiences that I've had mm-hmm. because you get to these places and they're so, you know, if, if you're a fan of a certain musician and they're they're on your property and they're in your home, then you end up, you know, really, really making someone extremely happy. Like a lot of these, I've done some that are sixty, sixtieth 60th birthdays or 50th birthdays, surprise parties. Mm. So, you know, I get there and I'm, I mean, I've had a grown man cry and, and just be like, I can't believe I can't hug you, you know, but just they can't believe they just are blown away. And it's really heartwarming. It's been really, um, it's been more than I expected it to be. It's, it's pretty special.
1: That's nice. Uh, so you, met, you you mentioned like, you know, in having like a little generator or whatever, in, in terms of like, tech specs for pulling this off yeah like are there kind of like limitations in terms of like what you've seen or have any performers kind of like blown your mind with what they've kind of come up with for a, for a mobile concert
0: well actually it's not really up for the artist to just sort of decide okay it's it's it's, a, it's something very easy that we just sort of standardly have and it's um, we just have a, a battery powered speaker and it, it works perfectly You just make sure it's charged, but they go, you know, most of them go up to eight hours and our concerts are 45 minutes and you just plug in your, your vocals and instruments and your microphone like right into that. So it's just two plugs in, set it up anywhere you want and there you go and you're done. So, and it's, and the the power that it has is enough to, to not, you know, to, to follow the noise bylaws, but still completely be as professional as a concert could be. So right. it's, there, there aren't really, it's not really up to the artist, like, figure it out, you know, be creative, okay. um, because, you know, because of the fact that we're not really doing the on the car thing. We sort of, we did eventually get insurance, but at the time when Matt first started in Alberta, he was doing it and thinking, maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm risking insurance problems with this being on top of a car, you know, but uh, so it ended up being, um, yeah, it's pretty standard. We just, and, and the good part about that, there's no power that needs to be run from the house, there's no contact that needs to be made between the artist and the, and the host and their audience. They don't pay them directly. It's all prepaid to, the, to curbside and then curbside pays the artist. So it's really, it's pretty, um, it's pretty um, COVID, well, it's extremely COVID friendly, but it's the, the safest in social distancing and simplicity in sound and tech that it could possibly be. I just, I show up, I set up in five minutes and like anywhere, anywhere that seems safe, you know, the boulevard in their yard, like, they want to do it in the backyard, but there's a big space. How about here under this tree? That looks good. You know, I'm plugged in in two minutes.
1: Right. So it's it's clean in the like COVID sense, but clean in terms of just like how how easy it is transactionally so and, and kind of yeah. logistically.
0: It couldn't be easier. I mean, when someone writes and just says, I'm interested in a curbside concert, but I'm kind of confused. How does this all work? I explain it to them in about five minutes. You choose the artist and the date and we, we just facilitate it. You know, we make sure we can confirm with the artist. We facilitate that. You make payment. The artist will be there. Boom. Right. Yeah.
1: So for someone like if, if you're an artist listening to this, cause I know artists listen to the station and sure. you want to get involved with uh, curbside, how do they get in touch with you? What's the, what's the process to kind of be on the roster for this?
0: Right. You could also, I mean, anyone can contact anyone, uh, I, any of us, I mean, through the website. Um, my particular email is Rami at curbside You can always contact me with any inquiry you have. Winnipeg. Uh, the, the, curbsideconcerts.ca website has a lot of things like it It has the booking option, but it also has, you know, submission, uh, um, inquiries, just general inquiries. Mm. So there's a way that artists can contact us, which a lot have. Unfortunately, we're really not extending our roster too large right now. We have about 50 artists in Canada. I have nine in Winnipeg. I think by next spring the demand will be higher. So I'll be able to, um, increase that roster. But the idea really is to employ musicians, and not just give them the odd gigs. So the, the more artists we have on the roster, the less I can employ anybody. Gotcha. You know, so I'm really, we kind of try to keep it tight and try to steadily employ these musicians. I, I'm always open for something new. I mean, we're trying to keep it pretty um, multicultural. We're trying to keep it um, pretty uh, diverse. So, I mean, like I have uh, Papa Mambo, who's like, you know, uh, like a Rod- Rodrigo Manolos, he does a Latin Cuban based music. And then there's J- uh, Japanese drummers, Fubuki Daiko. And we have a uh, uh, sweet alibis Jess Ray, and we also have sweet alibis Amber Rose. We have Jamie Buckbro, J D Edwards, myself, Sierra Noble. Um, we have double the trouble, like a trio family fiddle twin fiddlers with their father, and uh, and so we're trying to you know there's <clears throat> there's an uh, indigenous uh, representation, and uh, we're just trying to show also what happens in culturally you know culturally here in Manitoba as well.
1: Right now with Halloween coming up, uh, you guys have partnered with original 16 is that right
0: yeah um i I was talking to original 16 and uh my friend sean is the rep and we started talking about maybe something interesting and new we can do together and then we i realized that i really wanted to do some kind of halloween promo for winnipeg because halloween is going to be so different this year there's no there are no halloween parties there are no get-togethers there's no you know even even trick-or-treating is going to look very different. So we're not really sure how that's going to work. But we did know that Halloween is something that people still like to enjoy. And here in Winnipeg, one last, one last kick at the can sort of before the snow falls is a nice bonfire sit in front of your yard hangout. And uh, with that in mind, I thought curbside concerts would be a great Halloween gig for everybody for the artists the host. and then with original 16 they were suggesting how great it would be to partner up at that one so what we're doing is there's limited spots because there are limited spots uh, due to uh the fact that we only have so many artists on our roster and we're only expecting them to do maybe two to three a night on that evening but original 16 will come and hand deliver right to your right to the property uh, a complimentary 15 pack of beer for anyone that books on halloween
1: and so people go to con- curbsideconcerts.ca to make that booking
0: right i mean they don't have to deal with original 16 that's just going to yeah. happen on its own but but yeah that it's just a little promotion for original 16 and a, and a huge bonus i mean because of the numbers are under 10 now um you really a case of 15 will go a long way
3: it's <laughs> <That's> true
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um so normally i would get you to you know Uh, pick a track uh, for us to play but you you know several artists you're rapping. uh but since Matt Masters started this do you have a favorite Matt Masters track we can play for folks
0: actually there's a really good song if you can find it um I'm, I'm sure you have access to just about everything possible um he does have actually a really funny song about pumpkin season um that you mentioned it I it's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that lately how can I use Matt's song for something um yeah he has a pumpkin season song that would be really great to, uh, to to play because of the fact that it's promoting Halloween.
1: Perfectly appropriate track to play. Uh, Robbie, yeah. thanks very much for taking some time and uh, congrats on the success so far of curbside concerts and, and good luck with this, this promotion.
0: I really appreciate it. Yeah. And it's just, it's been the best job I've ever had and I, I'm really proud of it. And I'm really proud that I get to work with Winnipeg and Manitoba, especially pushing into rural Manitoba. So if you guys are interested at all, anyone out there, even has a friend that might be interested please pass it around we're really excited about it and uh, we want to make manitoba the curbside capital of canada
1: just a, a, <laughs> another notch in the belt beside the slurpee trophies
0: that's right we need them all yeah awesome. <laughs> thanks so much michael i really appreciate it take me. care
1: rami bye have you ever been
4: out hunting for pumpkin if the season's ripe if you think that you can Take a deep breath, be assured, cause you know that there's no cure Once you've tasted past that skin you cut aside There's a rat tap, tat 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 wraps at your window When you're in your bed and your eyes are off in space But you return to your place, and right there before your face, you can see those pumpkin eyes looking in. And she's a sweet fruit, but a juicy one you're holding, and you smell her as you raise her to your mouth. Brush her gently across your lips Maybe give her just one kiss Cause you know once you bite in You can't get out When it's pumpkin season Pumpkin season, my friend And it's pumpkin season Pumpkin season once again. Have you ever been out hunting for a pumpkin? Watch your step as you step through that pumpkin patch moving subtly for sure you can bet this october you will feel your lust for pumpkins coming back when it's pumpkin season pumpkin season my friend and it's pussy season, Once again, once again, once again, once
3: again. Well, I disguise my bad intentions. I got nothing to hide, except the tendency to separate the part of me that's feeling too desperate to die. Maybe I've been dreaming a low-fi, like I just can't stop. Maybe I've been running on the inside, all alone with my negative thoughts.